Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims Bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, I'm Sif Heider, the founder of Array. I'm a wellness entrepreneur and digital creator, and this is my show, The Dream Bigger Podcast. Listen, I love dreaming big, but you know what I love more? Actually having the resources to make those big dreams happen. And hey, dreams can sometimes be private jets, but other times they can look a little something like having the best skin of your damn life or starting a successful business, or delving into spirituality. So on this podcast, I chat with experts and thought leaders from different fields about their tips and tricks on doing exactly that. So let's get right into it. Hello, hello, friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Dream Bigger Podcast. This week's episode is a really great one for all things fitness and also being a fitness entrepreneur. So I'm speaking to Liana Levi, who is the founder of Forma Pilates. Now, if you aren't from L.A. or New York or maybe you don't spend a lot of time on social, uh, I'm just going to let you guys know that Forma Pilates is the it is it has this cult following. It's this incredible Pilates class, which you can do in person. It's, you know, invite only. It is, it's just incredible. So I've been to Liana's class. I've actually had her teach. Like I've gone to one of the classes which she has taught at and she's an incredible instructor. But what I was interested to speak to her about is how she created such buzz around her business. So it was born around COVID. And I couldn't believe when I heard that because In the last two years that I've been in and out of L.A., all I have heard about is Forma. It is like the destination. Everyone talks about how good their butt looks because of Forma. It's like it's a sensation. So I was really excited to have Liana on here. She is super smart, a very honest businesswoman. She is sharp as hell. And I'm really excited to bring you this episode. Before we do, I want to bring you this week's 
review, which comes to us from Lottie Girl 7. And she says, Marie Forleo, that's the title. So I'm guessing it's about the Marie Forleo show uh, or Marie Forleo episode. And she says, absolutely loved the podcast with Marie. Such great nuggets of information and loved her belief system of thought and choice. Listen to it twice. Would love to see Melissa Wood Health and Gen- Jennifer Fisher on your podcast. Thank you, Marnia. Well, Marnia, good news. Melissa has already been on the podcast and that was probably one of my favorite episodes that I've done. So you should go and listen to that. And I have heard amazing things about Jennifer Fisher. So great recommendation. I'm definitely going to go look into having her on the show. You guys, if you have a couple of seconds, I would so appreciate if you took the time to leave the show a rating and a review. All you have to do is open up the Apple podcast app, scroll down to where it says rate and review the show in the rating section. Leave me a five-star rating if you feel like I have deserved it. And in the review section, let me know anything you want me to know, like favorite guests, guests you'd like to see, topics you've loved, topics you'd like me to speak more about. Any information you give me helps me show up as a better host, someone who continues to bring you value, which is what I really want to do with this show. All right. With that, let's welcome Liana to the Dream Bigger podcast. So I'm just going to get right into it. So... I guess I want to start this off by asking how you even got into Pilates because Forma is like the hottest thing. And I think it would be just awesome to give everyone an overview on how you even got started on this whole journey. Yeah, I started Pilates when I was about 17 years old. I was an athlete. I was a dancer and I wanted to find a workout that complemented my after-school activities. Mm-hmm. After trying so many different types of workouts, I realized that everything was making me really bulky. I build muscle very quickly. I have a small frame. And a friend of mine told me, or a family friend told me to try Pilates. And I kind of just like instantly fell in love with it. I like the fact that Pilates is a low impact. It's a more slow and controlled technique-based workout. Mm-hmm. But it's still really hard and it's really good for your body. And I think what made me fall in love even deeper was the fact that it changed my body and it like shaped it, formed it. Everything felt tighter, longer, leaner, and I wasn't bulking and I was still able to excel at like my sports and my dancing. If anything, it actually, you know, really complemented all of those things. So I fell in love with it pretty early on. I used to always be the youngest person in all of my classes And I just continued being a student of Pilates throughout the years, no matter where I was in the world, what job I had. Pilates was something that was always really consistent in my life. And I was really passionate about it. It helped me really kind of connect mind and body and get a little, you know, more familiar with with myself as a teenager. Yeah. Wow. Okay. so this is what I want to zoom into, because I feel like people don't realize that Pilates is like such a good like compliment even if you are like doing a different kind of workout it kind of fits any sort of schedule like you could be doing just like a pilates heavy routine Mm -hmm. or for me for example i go to the gym so i've like always gone between weightlifting and pilates Mm -hmm. and when i go to when i skew too heavy weightlifting then my like i like lose so much mobility because i'm not constantly working on like the kind of movements and like the micro muscles that pilates hits right so i mean pilates essentially because it's low impact i i like to call it a bit more of a restorative kind of workout. You know, for some people, you can call it active stretching, where it's still, you know, it's it's movement and it's still 
resistance. It's but just this shit is not easy. It's not because <laughs> I think ultimately it's a big test to your core, which a lot of people may have strong abs, but that doesn't mean that you have a strong core mm-hmm. and your core is your powerhouse. That's basically the center of your body that, you know, holds you upright and helps, you know, hold you up against gravity, all all of those things. So Pilates is basically like 100% core work. And, you know, there's so many different benefits, not just the way it makes you look. It's like for your posture, you know, it's preventative for you to hunch over. You feel taller and longer, but it also just really forms your body into such a nice figure in terms of like, you know, your butt gets lifted. You have more definition in your abdominals, in your arms. I can spot Pilates arms from miles away. You know, like it, it really it really does that. And you're not bulking. You can do it every single day, multiple repetitions. I mean, it obviously depends on what load you're doing it on the springs, but it really is something that you can constantly do. And the results are very consistent. So did you, when you started on your Pilates journey, were you mostly doing reformer or was it, were you mat? And then we kind of transitioned more into reformer. I always did reformer. I think the first time I did mat was during the pandemic. No way. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love the machine. I, for me, like, I will say that you, mat is probably harder because you're using your own body weight. Mm-hmm. And that sometimes is more challenging, especially when you're close, you're like on the floor. Whereas when you're on a reformer, you're, the reformer supports you, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And it also requires you to be more attentive to your positioning on the machine and your alignment. And you can also see like, you know, if your foot is turning out or you're rolling onto the ball of your feet, you know, you, you can see certain things that on a mat you can't because it you, your range of motion is so much smaller. Totally. I mean, I pre-pandemic, I was like at Legree. So prior to LA, I lived in Toronto and like we had Legree there. And literally I was at Legree like four days a week, you know, right. and it, I, like I love the machine too. I just think it's, I prefer it to the mat as well. Yeah, totally. I do think the difference between like a Legree reformer versus a classical reformer is, you know, the sequencing is so different. Legree is definitely more of an athletic based totally. workout. You, whether they that instructor or the studio likes to focus on form, it's just more of a workout versus a practice. By the way, I'm totally with you because I would be like the slow poke in yeah. Legree because I was like constantly like form and that's like mm-hmm. my thing because Actually, like right after I graduated from university, I'd like gained fresh, not even freshman, like university 30 or something like that. And it was like so gnarly. <laughs> You're living it up. It was you know, truly a little too much, perhaps. Yeah. So and I always hated the gym. Like I, I'm not someone who likes to run, nothing like that. And I got into Pilates literally like I think the month before I graduated. And so I like knew the importance of good form. And right. so I'd go to Legree and I was like the slowest person on that damn right. machine. I was like, OK, I'm going to take my time with this because yeah. I can't just be like jumping all over the place. Right. But, you know, that's not their, you know, that's not their purpose. A hundred percent. And that's cool. At the end of the day, I always say like no shade on the Gree or totally. any of the mega former classes. Like people love it and mm-hmm. it works for them. I personally, it's like almost like trying to erase my education and what I know and what I'm familiar with. Like I'm just, if you see me in a Legree class or like a mega former class, I'm just looking around and I'm like, I'm not doing this right. You know, like <laughs> I, because for me, I'm so used to, you know, 
checking out my form, my alignment, like my breathing, my this. And you don't really have time to do that when you're in in a class like that. Totally. So So if someone is wanting to dip their toes into Pilates and then like, I guess they're they're wanting that very like long, lean muscle tone type of look. I mean, we all know what a Pilates body looks like. What do you recommend? How, How often? How long? Like, what are your recommendations? I mean, I think in general, so... The nice thing about like classic and classical and contemporary Pilates is it really does lengthen your muscles. So it's not rocket science when you're doing like, you know, when you're bouncing up and down or you're jumping up and down or your movements are quick, the stagnation of the muscles like that's what makes your muscles built and Mm -hmm. bulk Mm -hmm. versus when you're slow and controlled, it's really lengthening and elongating. So I think that's always something to be mindful when you are practicing Pilates is you don't have to go too slow, but you always want to have a start and a finish. And on that, on the start is when, you know, you get to an extension, you're activating your muscle and then the resistance on the way in is also, you know, part of the activation. So for people who want to start, I would just probably go into an open to all levels, find a Uh, you know, a classic reformer studio in your neighborhood and give it a shot. Know that every instructor will teach a little differently, but everyone pretty much works with the same exercises. You know, no one's reinventing what Joseph Pilates invented, you know. So ultimately you want to build up your momentum and build your strength. It does happen. It never gets easier, Mm -hmm. but naturally you want to feel longer and taller and you'll see results pretty quickly. I would say, you know, depending on the studio or what classes you're looking for, it takes about within that month, you'll start really feeling like everything feels a little tighter and stronger. And you'll see it also in your other workouts that you do. It is no surprise that I am a huge fan of Sephora. I am a very proud Rouge member. And honestly, guys, I've been shopping there for years. I remember the first time I shopped at Sephora. I think it was when I was 12 years old and one of my mom's friends was visiting and she bought this like super cute blush. And, you know, that's when I got on the Sephora train. So it's been very cool for me as well to see the evolution of Sephora over the years and see how many clean beauty brands they offer because you know that I'm a big fan of clean beauty and I love that I can go to Sephora to find all my favorite brands. So in terms of some of my favorites, you guys know I've talked about this on stories that I am obsessed with the Say Beauty Super Glowy Gel. I use it in the shade Sun Glow. I use it almost every single day. It gives me the most beautiful dewy glow under my sunscreen or under any sort of makeup that I wear. It is an absolutely stunning product. Also other favorites, the Westman Atelier Contour Stick, which I've been trying and it is absolutely phenomenal. Also, obviously, cult favorite beauty product is the Ilia Mascara. And I also love the Tower 28 Mascara as well. So they have no shortage of options and it is so easy to find which products are clean if you are confused. So all you have to do is look for the clean seal to know which beauty product falls into the clean category and Sephora has just made it very, very easy for us to find those products. So if you want to learn more, all you have to do is visit sephora.com slash clean and not only do they constantly show you guys like these like incredible brands that you may already know, it's also an awesome place to discover new clean beauty brands. So I'm really proud to be partnering with them on the podcast and very excited to constantly find new clean beauty products in my rotation. So to learn more, all you have to do is visit sephora.com slash clean. As 
a founder of a business, when we were starting out, we were constantly looking to learn how to be good founders, how to solve problems, and just how to scale our business. And so I'm really excited to be partnering with the Millionaire University podcast because they are an excellent resource for whoever is either thinking of starting a business or looking to scale a business. So you know, say you have a business idea, but you're not sure what to do next, right? You're like in the early stages of starting your business, or maybe you're, you've just thought about the right idea, but aren't sure where to go from there. You don't need to go into debt spending four plus years on a degree. What you can do instead is listen to the Millionaire University podcast. So from the podcast, you can learn how to run a successful business and graduate rich, not broke. Trust me, you need to check out this podcast. So the Millionaire University podcast is hosted by Justin and Tara Williams, who started their own business from square one and now have years of valuable experience. They hit lows and dug themselves out of debt and want to share the lessons they've learned with aspiring entrepreneurs. You don't need a degree to succeed. Millionaire University will teach you everything you need to know from specifics like how to start a software business without creating your own software to more broad topics like eight businesses you can start tomorrow to make 10K plus a month. In each episode, you'll get insights from entrepreneurs and mentors who know what it takes to be successful. So don't wait. Now is the time to turn your business idea into a reality by listening to the Millionaire University podcast. New episodes drop Mondays and Thursdays. Find the Millionaire University on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Enjoy. Hey, everyone. It's Kelsey Kreppel, full-time YouTuber, part-time preschool teacher, and now the host of the podcast Circle Time. Join me every week as me and my guests mix the childlike wonder and conversational openness and acceptance of preschool that we're all nostalgic for with the realism, honesty, and wisdom baked into adulthood. With classroom-structured roots, we'll rehash standout moments of day-to-day life, dive into buzzy pop culture moments, and really just get to know each other on a deeper level. Make sure to follow me on Instagram at Kelsey Kreppel and follow the show wherever you get your podcasts. Time. So I think Forma has become kind of this like it has this cult following everyone. I mean, I was telling you offline, but like everyone I know is obsessed with Forma. Mm. I've heard about you guys a billion times. So tell me about how you even got started on Forma, because you obviously have like this whole background with Pilates. When did you start Forma? And I guess also like what makes the Forma method so different? Because people have gone to other Pilates classes and yet they keep raving about Forma. Thank you for that. I started Forma in 2020 during the pandemic, and I started it honestly by just wanting to connect to people and kind of make them feel peaceful and good about themselves for an hour in the day during a really crazy time where, you know, there was so much unknown. So it kind of became like really like a safe haven for a lot of my OG clients. The special thing about Forma is I think our attention to detail and how much we actually, you know, really do care about each and every person because we are considered, I consider it more, you know, luxury boutique fitness. Our biggest studio has eight reformers. It's manageable. It's in Soho, but it's above eight. I think you start losing, you know, the the whole principle behind Pilates, where which is Pilates is not meant to be group fitness. I think it's great for your mega formal degree classes where it's 
less about form and maybe more about the actual workout and getting a sweat in and building your heart rate up and and all that. But Pilates in general, it's like that one centimeter adjustment makes a world of a difference. And you can't keep your eyes on 20 people to do that. So it's not really doing much for you if you don't know what you're doing. So I, I think that was kind of like the motive and why I started it and why I decided to move forward and actually, you know, opening up a couple more studios and creating this business was to really kind of teach people what Pilates is and what the mind-body connection is. Mm-hmm. You know, there's so many kinds of workouts that don't require that mind-body connection. And I think I also started to notice how many people don't have body awareness. They, It's just they're in it and they're... I don't know where they go, but they're not connected into, they don't know what they're doing. They're just going through the motions. And that, again, does nothing for your body. Well, I think that's the unique thing about Pilates is that you really do have to pay attention to how you're moving, like literally, like like every movement that you're doing has to be with intention. Right. And I've done a private and I shit you not, like I left that private yeah. being like, I like my muscles are sore that I didn't even know that I had. Right. And that is, I think, you know, probably the most popular feedback that we get and exactly what you just said. So I basically found the happy medium between private and group classes. So I hate privates because I don't want to talk and I don't want all eyes on me at all times. So I think our semi-private and our small group really allow you to still bounce off of other people's energies in the class. Mm -hmm. But allows the instructor to still be able to monitor and like check out every single person in that class. And also like we're big on building relationships. Like when I hire talent and instructors, like it's not and they come from different studios. I always try to explain to them this is not you're it's not robotic. You're coming in. I want you to get to know every single person, you know, by their name, their injuries, their weaknesses, their strengths, what their goals are. And like, let's get them there. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to really be passionate about this practice and about the community. So that's kind of, I think, why people always come back, because I think when they go to a different they go to another studio or, or a bigger studio, they don't get that same attention. Whereas Forma, we really care. You know, we're not just a business that's here to like make money. Mm-hmm. We're actually here to make a difference in, in your life. So then when someone does come to you guys, like, are you recommending like based on say they, they have certain goals, then do you say like, okay, like we think that, you know, coming in X number of days and like pairing it with this workout or not is what's going to get you there? Totally. Okay. Yeah. I mean, we can, we customize, personalize, you name it, we can do it. And also I refer people out all the time. So it's like we also provide 360 degrees of, you know, health and wellness in that sense. They also get it from the people in the studio. Again, because it's community-based, everyone has like six degrees of separation and everyone at the end of the day goes to the same chiropractor, masseuse, lymphatic, you know, they take the same supplements, you know, everyone's kind of doing the same things and mm-hmm. it, because it works, yeah, you know, hundred percent. so I think if someone comes to me and is like, Hey, I feel really swollen and they feel like it's water retention or they have the fascia build, you know, like I'll refer them to a really, uh, either a lymphatic massage or to a physio that can help them, a chiropractor, whatever it is, that's going to make them feel better, you know? So you guys are referral only, Mm -hmm. which is so unique. Can you explain that to our audience and also why you chose to do a referral only model? So initially, I chose to do referral only because it was COVID Mm -hmm. and I was working out of my mom's pool house. (laughs) 
you know, so naturally, like, I didn't want to get COVID. Mm -hmm. And like, I wanted to also monitor the traffic coming in in and out of my house. And I kept the referral only because I personally, because we have home studios, I don't want random people coming in and out of my space. I'm also a bit of a control freak and not in a pretentious way. Now that I don't, I don't know every single person, but at least I can be, I can ask my team, hey, who, like, who's this person? I'll be like, oh, it's a referral from so-and-so. I'm like, great. Like, you know what I mean? At least I keep it like a tight-knit community. And I love that. You know, I don't want people to just come into the studio to snap a photo in the mirror or to come just check out our studio. I want people that are going to come and they're going to be dedicated to themselves and like show up. And, you know, so we make it a little bit more challenging for you to just get accepted. You have to actually, you know, ask a friend or be referred. And from then on, you know, you're in. It's not like we don't interview you. We don't ask a bunch of questions. It's just like, do you have a referral? And yeah. And it's also just so that I guess like, as you said, that you kind of know who is part of the community. Again, it's a small space. At the end of the day, like in LA, our biggest studio has four reformers. Mm -hmm. Everyone is in close contact with one another. And, you know, we have such a, I want to say wide demographic, but, you know, we've got everyone from like CEOs to big entrepreneurs to actors, whatever it is. And I just kind of want everyone to be on the same page. I don't want people coming in and and being uncomfortable in any way. And when it's community-based, everyone kind of is on the same page, I Mm -hmm. feel like. Also, I think that like something that you've done really well, and I think it's on account of this, is I think that people feel safe coming to Forma, you know, and like if it's more high profile people, then they they just want like a safe space where they can go and yeah. leave as well. Like I have other friends who own like, you know, really like high end spas and like they kind of have like that same policy. And it's like people just want to come in. They want their privacy and then they want to leave. Exactly. And that's kind of what we created. We really pride ourselves on privacy and, you know, obviously like no solicitation. And even with our instructors, like, you know, I want people to feel safe in in the environment, especially like during COVID, like people were freaked out, you know, whether it was like for their kids' schools or they were filming something or for their work, like they weren't really supposed to leave their house. So I really had to create that environment for them. And it worked. And I just stuck by it. Mm -hmm. I haven't really made any significant changes from when I started during COVID to where I am now. You know, I I like to keep it consistent. And even though from a business perspective, it is very challenging, we do it. We still do it because that's kind of the whole branding behind Forma. Well, I mean, clearly something is working because you guys just started and launched a studio in New York. Uh, We have two studios. We just celebrated our one year for our Soho studio. And then we opened Upper East Side in October. Oh, my God. Incredible. Yeah. Yeah. New York is a great uh, it's a great city for Forma. Oh, I bet. Yeah. They love it out there. Yeah. I can I can only imagine like I've seen friends out there post about and stuff as well. So it's clearly very popular. Yeah. (laughs) takes hard work. (laughs) Oh, I bet. I bet. So tell me about yourself, right? Because the thing is that I think people sometimes have this idea where, you know, a business starts to take off and then the founder is just like glam and no big deal. But you're out there fucking hustling. hustling. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I get to hustle in nice places, luckily. So I work 365 days a year. Yeah. Welcome to Founder Life. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm still very much heavily involved in every aspect of Forma. I'm at a place today where sometimes I can take a step back. You know, I 
texted Miss Curdy this morning and I was like, I'm kind of burnt out from teaching and and I'm okay today to have that luxury to just kind of maybe take myself off the schedule two days a week instead of working seven days, I'll work five. So I know today I know how to balance things out, but I train, I am involved in all the meetings, I do the interviews, I do the podcasts, I do the marketing, I do the Instagram, I film, I do the photo shoots, you know, in order for the business to maintain itself, I still need to be very heavily involved in it. And I also enjoy it. Forma is my baby. You know, it's the reason I don't have kids yet is because I'm literally raising this child. This literally what I say yeah. about and, the same and, thing. and that's the thing is like, I think all founders can relate to that. And people who are deeply passionate about what they do, you know, I don't look at Forma as a monetary baby. I really kind of look at it as like this helps people on a daily basis. Like if they're showing up, I need to show up. And I think with just my background culturally and where I grew up, you know, having this idea that you need to be perfect all the time has kind of led me to always want to be better. And, you know, day to day, I train, I do admin work, I do things like this. I also find ways to connect to clients who clients have turned into friends, friends have turned into clients. So the worlds are kind of very much intertwined. And as I said, like I get to work in really nice places. So doing retreats across the world and getting to go to Cabo and, you know, Europe and Cayman Islands. And, you know, it's 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 fun, but it's still work. And even when I do go on vacation for like a weekend or for a week, I always find a way to train the people at the resort I'm staying at. You know, I just don't know how to not work. Yeah. And I want to share that with people who may not live in L.A. or New York and can't actually experience taking a class with me. I was talking to my husband yesterday. He's my co-founder. And we were just like, I don't know, we're like we're driving back from somewhere. And he's like, he was like, so what do you have going on this week? And I was like, like long list. And I was like, this is what I'm doing today. And he's like, okay, this is what I'm doing. And then he's like, shit, Sif, like, why don't we ever relax? And I was like, I don't think we like to relax. Right. I don't think I'm programmed that way. At least not now. I think like this is our time Mm -hmm. where, you know, we do need to do all of the things. And I just, you know, for me, I've always been a busybody. I have a lot of energy on even on the days that like I'm not training in the studio. I'm going to work. I'm doing things to I'm still working, but for, for myself, yeah, exactly. you know, so I think we're just naturally configured that way. But having a, you know, work life balance is also really important 100%. because burnout is not fun and it's not healthy and it's not sustainable. I think ultimately, like, I want things to be sustainable, which is why, you know, I started saying no to certain things that I know that I can't give it my all. Yeah. So and and that's also helped me from scaling my business too fast. And I find that, you know, some businesses, when they do scale too fast, the quality goes down. And then in like a, you know, they should kiss of death. Honestly, like you scale before you're ready. Like, I think it's just really important to be intentional and honest about what you can take on and like really do it well. And I think it's also hard given, you know, we're living in a really weird time. And I think it's scary sometimes. And you I think we also put pressure on ourselves that we need to be doing more because of what we see on Instagram. Oh my God, yeah. Yeah, and like, but at the same time, I also take a deep breath and I'm like, fuck, like I'm doing the most for myself and I'm okay with that, you know? And like next week we'll try to add like 
a little crumb onto my plate, you know? So it's just, again, sustaining it, longevity. I want Forma to stay at its highest quality for as long as possible and for me to be able to still manage it for as long as possible. A hundred percent. So you also currently train people. Mm -hmm. What does that look like? Are you getting a workout in during your training sessions? Okay. So wait, (laughs) now I need to know how you fit in your own workouts and like, how long are you training for? Like, Take me actually through a whole day because now I'm just really curious. <laughs> um, Yeah. So I typically train every single day. I'm also on call to always train every day. So if an instructor calls out sick, guess who shows up? <laughs> me. You know, I live fairly close to all of my studios in New York. Unfortunately, I can't take a flight. But, you know, I'm always on call to work and I very rarely say no. So a day in my life would basically I wake up between 530 and 6 a.m. And I have about 30 to 40 minutes to myself. And then I start training between 7.30 and 8, I would say, 7 seven to 8. And then I'm in the studio till about 11.30, 12.30. And then I have privates in the afternoon if anyone, you know, again, on call. If anyone's like, hey, can I get a private in today? I'm like, sure, come at this time. Mm-hmm. In between, I try to have lunch. I check in with my team. We sometimes have, you know, team meetings at my house, which is basically for my HQ. And then I try to find, I have specific days of the week that I designate time that I know usually like, or my team knows not to book anything. So it's like Sundays at five, Mondays at five. I'll do like a 6 a.m. workout on a Tuesday and Thursday. So I try to squeeze it in when I can. I'll hop into one of my instructor's classes if there's a spot available. But it's tough. I mean, like some weeks I'm like working out every single day and some weeks I'm not working out at all. It really just depends energetically how I'm feeling. Like I'm dead today. You know, I am. I am going to be honest. Like I did a workout yesterday. I did a workout on Saturday and like I'm very in tune with my body and I'm not going to push it because I need my energy and I I need that in order to give. So it really just kind of depends. But I also didn't work out for like a year during uh, I think it was maybe not a, a little over a year ago. Like I was working so much that I was not taking care of me at all. And I ended up hitting rock bottom, you know, and was on my ass for like a good month and a half. Okay. So I have like actually two follow-up questions to what you just said. Number one is when does someone intuitively know when to rest and like give their body a break versus when they're just being lazy? So I typically associate lazy with restlessness, you know, like when I feel restless, like I feel like I'm not doing enough. I feel like when, if you have the energy do it. For me, rest is my body physically hurts and energetically I'm just drained. And again, having that mind-body connection, like my body speaks to me very loudly in multiple ways. And it took me a while to learn that Mm -hmm. because I've always been go, go, go. And I'm not that old, but as I get older, it gets a little harder. Even traveling gets harder and like just hitting the ground, running wherever I land. Like I always need to give myself a minute and then start the next day or the day after. I'm not trying to cram everything in because again, there's no quality in that. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's just your your body will will communicate with you. If you're feeling super, super sore, do not work out. Go into an infrared or go do a stretch class. You know, let your body recover and rest. Like there's no reason it's it's going to do more harm than good if you're constantly just like wearing and tearing on your muscles and your body. You'll get sick. 
Literally. Also, I think what people don't even realize is when we're sore, that's when we're building muscles. Mm -hmm. And so like just leave it, yeah. you know, and like just go in the next day. Like taking a day break is actually really good for you. Totally. There's no point making yourself more prone to injuries, kind of like getting in the way of your body actually building those muscles that you've worked so hard for. Right. And or like I think so often people start working out and they like they get they do too much right. and then they like don't go back. It's you know what I mean? For females, it's not good for your thyroid, exactly. you know, and and that's, you know, a, been proven. Unfortunately, men and women are built a, a built a little different. And I do think that understanding that, you know, I feel like working out based on your menstrual cycle has become way more popular mm -hmm. in the last couple of years. And it does make sense, you know, but you, back to the soreness of your muscles, like your muscles are the most active when they're sore. So it really depends what kind of workout you're doing. If you're doing a, a hit high impact class when you're sore, that's a bad idea. Yeah. But 100%. you can do more low impact yeah. and more recovery stuff that will not do harm. You'll It'll probably be more challenging for you, but you're actually going to help your muscles even more because they're already active. Yeah. You 100%. know, so I think, again, like people just I think everything in the United States sometimes is a little bit extreme and focusing on just finding that balance like one day. Yes. One day. No. One day recovery. One day. This one, you know, like find that balance and, and see how your body feels. It's trial and error. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So you mentioned that you weren't working out for a whole year. Mm -hmm. And for someone who's like a very active person, I would say, what happened? Yeah, I just stopped caring about myself and uh, I didn't love myself. I didn't take care of myself. I was really I didn't have a team back then. It was really just me and, you know, two other trainers and I didn't have an executive assistant. I didn't have an assistant. I didn't have an operations. I didn't have any of that stuff. So it was the business was weighing really, really heavy on me. And there was a lot of pressure on me during, I think, you know, it was my second year of Forma and I got really sick and I've spoken about it on so many podcasts that again, being a founder, I think, you know, people always want to have their own business and create something and do something. And I think maybe we make it a lot easier than it is, but it's really hard and it takes a, it takes a toll on your body physically, mentally, and emotionally. And I think I just, just stopped caring about my health and my body kicked my ass. You know, I couldn't get up. I had so much anxiety. I had so much tension. I'd, my body was in fight or flight all the time because I wasn't energetically moving things around in my body. I wasn't dealing with things. I wasn't connecting with people. I wasn't connecting with myself. You know, it was all work, 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 work. I stopped seeing my friends, stopped seeing my family. Like my relationship fell through the cracks. It was just like one goal. And it was making sure my clients are happy every day. And I realized that that's not everything. And in order for this business to be successful, like Liana needs to take care of Liana. And so today I make it a point to do things like I, I one hour every single day, it's one hour for me. So it's either acupuncture, it's sitting in the infrared, taking a bath, going to a workout class, connecting with a friend, grabbing coffee, going to lunch, like you know, I need that hour for myself in order to continue doing this every day because mm -hmm. my nine to six is pretty bonkers, you know? So when you do that time after time, every single day, at some point, A, you lose your creative, you lose any sort of creativity and you just hit a, you hit 
rock bottom or you hit a wall, you know? So I need to kind of sometimes step back in order to get the creative juices flowing. Like my clients today actually were making fun of me because I just got back from New York and today was like the first day everyone back in the studio and they all looked at me after class and they were like, you always do this. Every time you come back from a trip, I don't know what happens to you, but you become like a beast, you know? And I need to do that. I need to step back in order to be my best coming back in. I completely relate to what you just said because my husband and I, we talk about this often whereby like when we remove ourselves from our like current day to day and like maybe we have to travel for something or we're on vacation, quote unquote, however much, but like basically a change of environment. vacation is okay. I feel like everyone's like, I'm going on vacation. No, I think it's a good thing. Everyone needs a damn vacation. hundred percent. But like, I'm just trying to be realistic about where we are at in our business, which unfortunately, fortunately, however you want to put it, Mm -hmm. if I'm away on vacation, I am just really taking two days off and the rest, but I get to work. Like it's my pleasure to work. And, you know, I'm pretty in tune with my body now. If I feel like I'm crashing and burning, like I'm not going to continue. Like if I I can take a sick day if I need to, you know what I mean? But we were talking about like how removing yourself from like your given environment and like being in the business, it kind of hinders your creative thinking abilities and just your ability to like think on like even like good brainstorming Mm -hmm. sessions. I feel like we do it as co-founders whenever we're away and like we're not putting out fires, you know, because I think your mind is in a certain place yeah. when you are like putting out fires and like working in the business versus on the business. You and know? it's kind of like a bird's eye view exactly. perspective. And I think I think if you're able to do that without guilt, mm-hmm. then you've really kind you're in a good place as yeah. a founder, you know, with your business as a whole, because I would feel super guilty and that guilt ate me up alive. You know, it didn't let me actually feel safe and comfortable taking that time off. Yeah, yeah. So I think you have to get into a place and feel supported enough by your team or by your spouse or whatever it is to be able to kind of shut down for a minute, check out things from a bird's eye view and be like, oh, we want to fix this. We want to do that. We want to do this. And like, you know, everything ends up being okay. Yeah, exactly. exactly. If not better. If not better. Yeah. And it's, I I was reading, I, I think I was reading in a book, I forget which one though, that founders and CEOs should always have some time carved out on their schedule where they are like taking their like creative time. And I think there is like actually a lot of merit to that. I know my dad is an entrepreneur as well, and he's been a big advocate of that. And he's sustainably run a very successful business for the last like, I think it's like 35 years old now. And so I see him do it. It's just I think sometimes when your business is younger, it's a harder concept to implement. But as Array grows as well, like I see the merit in that, you know, because we always come out the other side a little bit stronger. Yeah. And I think also to touch base on what you said, like, I think during the time where your dad started his business was a much healthier time. Also, you know, like all the odds are against us today. There's so much noise and there's so many opportunities that it's so hard to stay focused and Mm -hmm. it's so hard to scale a business in, you know, a a sustainable way. I feel like back in the day, it was it was a little bit more simple. Yeah. You know, 
definitely just as challenging. But today there's so much, it's so competitive. It's so saturated. There's so much exposure. People always are stealing or taking or getting inspired by other people's ideas and just branding it differently. It's just, it's tough today. And I think it's tough on our souls Mm -hmm. as people where there's back then there wasn't so much noise. So you're You were really able to have a one track mind. And yeah. And also the thing is that I think it's just what we expose ourselves to. Like, I think, I mean, social media is like such a double edged sword. But what can you do? Knock out like for me, I've been taking such a nice break from social media, Mm -hmm. like not posting anything on my personal account just Mm -hmm. because I'm tired. You know, like I can't uh, I don't look that cute every single day to be (laughs) posting my outfits, you know. But but then at the same time, it's like social media is such a huge tool. Exactly. So you're like, how can I not be doing it? Yeah. You know, so it's hard to find that balance between promoting your product or your services online versus just completely being silent and just doing your craft, you know? Yeah, I think it's about finding that middle ground. And also like, so I read this book actually, which I highly recommend to everyone, but it's called... It's by Dr. Benjamin Hardy. So it's called The Gap in the Gain. Okay. And it talks, there's like a whole portion in there that talks about like really always evaluating opportunities, even though like something might be so exciting and lucrative, just to make sure that it aligns with your North Star. Yeah. At least right now. You know what I mean? Because even for us, you know, like every day something comes into my inbox where I'm like, oh, wouldn't it be cool to do that? Or like, oh my God, like we should, we should expand to this. And I realized like, for example, I remember, I think it was like a little past year one, we had a huge amount of interest in the Middle East. Right. Mm -hmm. And then I got like a ton of outreach from like people wanting to retail us at these like big, big, like, like amazing stores in the Middle East. Right. Right. And I was like so intrigued and like excited because I was like, oh, my God, like imagine doing this in Dubai. And then I realized like with just some thought that like, yes, it would be amazing to expand there. You guys aren't. Yeah. Like right now. Yeah. There's so much left to do here. I'm I've had the same. And I think that's why you obviously like I don't necessarily have a product, but mine's a service. It's the same concept, though. Right. But I also think like you don't, you want to leave room for growth. Absolutely. And I think you want to kind of, for me, I won't ever expand internationally. I mean, I won't say ever. I don't want to expand internationally until I know that my U.S. market is taken care of. A hundred percent. You know, like to the T, everything just like seamless, easy. It runs itself. Everything is good. Then I can focus because you don't want to spread yourself too thin. That's when your quality goes down. And that's when nothing is, I don't want to say nothing, but your product is no longer unique. You just turn into all the other mass products on the market. I am totally with you. And like whether you're a service or a product or whatever, like it's the same rule, Right. right? And even just from like your output capability, it's like, wouldn't you rather be the best in a given market before sure. you like, you know, spray and pray until you're yeah, exactly like it, no what, spray and pray. It, it's like it's <laughs> stupid unless you have like, if I don't know, like you're funded like hundreds of For millions sure. of unless dollars. That, that's, like, yeah, exactly. That's I don't think that our products are necessarily that at exactly. the moment. And I don't I personally don't like mass. Yeah. I'm not a volume girl, which makes it so much harder for me as a business to make money, Mm -hmm. you know? So coming up with ways 
you got to get really creative to sustain the business. I don't have funding. I don't have any of that stuff. And thank God Forma does well that it can sustain itself. But I'm the purpose of my product isn't to make money. Yeah. The purpose of my product is for health and wellness. Yeah. And it's more functional than it is on a, you know, on a, everyone's like, what's your five-year business plan? And I was like, I don't have one. <laughs> I'm just winging it as no, I go. it's true. And to be honest, like, I think that organic growth is so much nicer than, you know, this is where I'm going to be in quarter one and this is where we're going to be in year three. And, you know, like it, nothing ever goes to plan anyways. Yeah. So you got to be ready for all the curveballs. And here we are, like we're on year three and so far so good. Yeah, 100 percent. And, you know, uh, we had zero business plan when we started. Same. There was literally there was no plan like it was just like let's just do it and like motivated by the same thing which is like figure it out figure it out exactly and we were we were taught to problem solve isn't that what all our years in school were you know meant for at the end of the day it's like you can always plan so much and things just don't happen that way anymore, unfortunately. Like there's like a new TikTok trend. Like we got to pause and like do the trend. You, you know what I mean? Like there's always something mm-hmm. that you can jump on the bandwagon that will help your brand or your product or whatever it is. You know, you kind of just have to be in the loop and in the know and just have your hands in it. Yeah, 100%. Okay, so when you were in this place where you kind of like, deprioritized yourself Mm -hmm. and you were there for a whole year. Mm -hmm. I want to talk about how you pulled yourself out of that, you know, because I'm sure that there's people listening today who maybe things aren't so great and maybe they were kind, they're kind of in the place where you were. How did you start to get better? And like, how do you pull yourself out of that? Well, I'm going to say this today where I obviously feel way better than I've obviously felt probably my entire life, to be Mm -hmm. honest, but it's a lot easier said than done today. And being in that place, I would say I was extremely depressed. I was really underweight. I had a lot of anxiety, had a lot of pressure, had a lot of fear. Like there was so many things and it and it really is a powerful, powerful thing. So for anybody who's listening, who is struggling with that stuff, like you're not alone. And there's so many people going through the same thing. Life is fucked up today. And... I will say that the one thing that's nice is there's a lot of resources out there that can that can help. And for me, I had a community of people that I reached out to that were really there for me. And, you know, it was whether it was my friends or functional medicine health practitioners that were there to support me. I basically had to like put myself on like a supplement program. I had to detox my body from so many things. Like just think about it this way. Your body's in fight or flight mode every single day. Yeah, it's, it's for a year. Yeah, it's so hard. I Like my organs weren't working properly. You know, like I had major IBS. I couldn't like nothing was my body wasn't absorbing anything. And having that feeling is really scary, especially mm-hmm. like, you know, I lost a parent to cancer. So anything pertaining to health, just I like, I go nuts. I go into the deepest, darkest hole and I freak out. I'm like, am I dying? Like what's happening? You know, at some point I had a psychiatrist tell me that I need to be on antidepressants, which again, 
no shame around antidepressants. I'm just way more of a homeopathic person. I'm scared of medicine. So I really started through, I started really slow and uh, I started on the supplement program. I did a ton of acupuncture. I started to really get into like uh, vinyasa, more restorative yoga. And like, I hated yoga my whole life. So I really got into it. And I think it really depends on the people. So finding this you know, my yoga girl who's become like a sister to me, she's changed my life. She taught me how to, you know, belly breathe. And in Pilates, we don't belly breathe, really. We breathe into our rib cage, into our lungs. So I had to basically teach myself a new form of breathing that really made a world of a difference. So there's so many different ways. There's like the box breathing and, you know, the four, four, four. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it was kind of just putting my hand on my belly and expanding it and then like exhaling, like I'm exhaling through a straw. And that calms, you know, your nervous system. It resets your vagus nerve and you're able to go into rest and digest. That was a big thing for me. And just calling a friend. Like I had a handful of close, very, very close friends of mine that anytime I was having some form of like panic attack, Mm -hmm. I would call them. They would either rush over. I have one friend who does like, he would does tap therapy with me. He like lays in the bed next to me, no matter the time of day, wherever it doesn't matter, he would come over. It's like my childhood best friend. He's the best. And he would just like do this like tapping thing with me. And like, I would start giggling and be like, you're not tapping in the right place, (laughs) you know? And ultimately like you start to just breathe. And over time, like I got better. The supplements were helping me. My acupuncturist was helping me. I started working out. I started reducing my hours. I started hiring people. I think ultimately is just ask for help. Yeah. And I think people have a really hard time doing that because they don't want to burden. They want to make it seem like everything's okay. You know, especially with like social media, all the highlights, like that shit can get tough. No one, no one is actually that happy. I'm so sorry. Like it's really hard to sustain that kind of happiness, but I try to find it at least every day, you know? Also what you said about calling a friend and at the same time, like not wanting to burden people. I I was with a friend of mine over the weekend and I I asked her for some help on something. And she looked at me and she's like, Sif, I'm so happy that you asked me for this because it means that you actually trust me as a friend. And that's like an honor for me. And I was like, that's such a beautiful way to think about it. Where like, you know, oftentimes like we're so afraid to ask for help on anything. And we're like, shit, like I don't want to bother the other person. But like, what if we thought that the other person actually wants to give to us and it's their like pleasure to do that? Yeah. And I always say like, for me, sometimes like I don't want to ask my family or my partner Mm -hmm. because to me, like friends specifically is like the family that you choose. Totally. And that has such a bigger impact for me than, again, asking like a close relative of mine. It also means that someone's showing up for you, you know, versus having to, like they have to show, your family has to show up for you, obviously. You know, so it's like, that's a choice. Yeah. And that automatically just makes you feel cared about, you know? So that's really nice. And I will say, dude, it took me a long time. It took me about six months to start feeling like a little better. I used to stand up and get dizzy. You know, like I I was having a really hard time and I still had to grow this business. I opened Soho during this time. Oh, you know, like I, w- I did a pop-up in Europe during this time. I couldn't travel by myself mm-hmm. in fucking January of last year. Yeah. You know, so... You, you can recover. It just takes time. It's- Healing is not linear. Do not feel unmotivated because it's it's not a quick fix. And like someone, if you're going to go to your, 
you know, doctor and they're going to give you some pills to take, like that's a Band-Aid. That's not going to fix what's internally happening, especially if it's like your gut and it's anxiety and it's depression and it's more emotionally driven. That's things that you actually like that take that that's over a time period. There's no pill that unfortunately you can take to make that better. Yeah, absolutely. Or the stuff like I don't I I get like ashwagandha and all this stuff like it helps, but you need to actively work to become a better version of yourself. Exactly. There's no such thing as like a silver bullet cure all Mm -hmm. to like every problem. Like it just doesn't exist. Like we just have to like if if whatever place we're in, wherever we're wanting to improve, you know, like it just it requires work and it requires commitment. But that's why I also think like, for example, like your bloating pills, like I'm at a place where I can take those and that is maintenance for Mm -hmm. me. Is it going to change the way my stomach functions? Probably not just on its own, Mm -hmm. but if my stomach is in a good place because I've healed it and I'm going to take your supplements on a regular basis or, you know, when I need it. It, it's going to, it, it makes a difference, I think, in, in that. Exactly. You know, when well, people always say you have to take it consistently over a course of like a month or mm-hmm. two months, like that's when you do reap the benefits. Well, the thing is that we always say that like supplements are exactly that. It's a supplement. Yes. It's not a shortcut. It's right. not a replacement. Like it's just, it. it no supplement but can do that. But nobody ever talks about that. I don't think anyone understands what supplements are. Like, why it's do you not think a- it's named that? <laughs> like it literally, you cannot right. supplement yourself out of like a horrible lifestyle. You can't supplement yourself out of a completely nutrient depleted diet. Like you just can't. Yeah. Like you have to, they just have to You have to do the work. You have to do the work. That's what life is. Exactly. Unfortunately, there's no shortcuts into feeling happy and good and at your like optimal healthy. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Okay. With that, the last thing I want to do is ask you actually an audience question. Sure. And someone asked actually specifically about back pain. What do you recommend (laughs) (laughs) since we are in the place of solving problems? Yeah, let's do it. So what can you do if if you're dealing with back pain? Like what can you do to strengthen your back? What kind of regime would you put someone? Pilates. Okay. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. (laughs) So back pain. I mean, I would love some context into this question, but Generally, if you're suffering from back pain, I'm actually going to see if she said lower or upper or what she said. Yeah, but. I mean, so we'll we'll touch base a little bit on lower back pain. Mm-hmm. So lower back pain can come from, you know, lifting heavy weights, not lifting properly, uh, and also a weak core. Mm-hmm. So typically, it means that your core is not supporting your spine, and ultimately that'll lead to back pain. I don't think it's anything that anyone should be very alarmed about unless it's obviously something severe and consistent and feels more like sharding, you know, shooting pain. But I would recommend doing uh, ball crunches. So using a stability ball and letting that stability ball kind of support your back and you'll strengthen your core that way. It really is just making your core a little tighter, you'll see that that back pain will go away whenever you do any other workout. I love that tip because yeah. core is truly, and it wraps around. That's the totally. thing. Like that's what I learned about Pilates that like it like supports your whole, it's like the yeah, well, center your of your core, system. Core also is like your hips, your abs, and your glutes. That is what makes up your core. So I feel like a lot of people think core is just your abs. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's like 
all of those three in one. So if you have weak glutes, that means your core is not strong. If your hip flexors are killing you all the time, your core is not strong. You know, so if you have weak abs, your core is definitely not strong. They all work together to build that powerhouse in your body. Got to work on those hip flexors for me. Everyone's got hip flexor (laughs) problems, especially if you do like weight training and you're deadlifting and you're squatting and you're lunging and you're doing all of those things and you're not stretching. That's just not fun. I know. My massage therapist is like, you're out here again and you haven't stretched. I was like, I know. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, your hamstrings are super important to stretch. Like all of that stuff. Like stretching is so crucial into, again, sustaining and, you know, longevity of your body. So. Okay. Okay, Liana. (laughs) That's just my tip, you know. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. Tell everyone where they can find you. This has been so fun. You guys can find us at www.formapilatesla.com. We have an online platform. You can also check us out on Instagram. We post a lot of fun stuff at Forma Pilates LA. And it was so nice being here. Thank you so much. Amazing. Thank you so much for listening. If you loved the episode and feel like it brought you value, don't forget to rate the show and leave a review. It takes five seconds and really helps the show grow so I can keep bringing on awesome guests. If you want to follow me behind the scenes, you can find me on Instagram at Sif And don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss a thing. I drop new episodes every Tuesday, so come hang with me and shoot the shit with some really smart people, learn and unlearn, and have a lot of fun. See you next week. note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.